I'm trying to figure out a song to sing for the intro. What's the... There's <laughs> just like... I don't know. It just has like a weird uh, harpsichord music in the film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Honestly, that was good. I'm a song from Death Trap. Yeah. Everybody knows exactly what that song is. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. People hear that and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, of course, yeah, the movie Death, Death Trap. Why have, why is this not a more widely known movie? This is a great movie. Sorry to spoil. I uh, don't think that opinion is shared by all. Oh, did okay. you see my Letterbox review? Yeah. <laughs> you wrote a review. I have, it's not a bad movie. I'll tell. I'll tell you later on why I gave it um a a subpar rating. But okay. I still I still appreciate that it's a good movie. I just didn't enjoy it. Wow. Oh my god. I wow. I'm glad when when we're not all on the same page. <laughs> is this the first <laughs> schmeb pick that Hannah likes? Yeah, and I really did not want to like it because I know that long-time <laughs> listeners tune in to hear about me and Seb's, like, mm-hmm. ongoing feud. Um, Is that what the long-time but... listener said to you? <laughs> yeah, well, like, when... The one guy? We, when we get one, I'm sure that's what they'll say. <laughs> um, that is one of the concepts. I... That's what you come to expect from Is It Whack. You want to hear some arguments between yeah. Hannah and Schmeb. It's like hanging out with your old friends who don't get along. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was long time listener. Thank you for calling. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, speaking of long time Um, listeners, though, uh, maybe we could do this segment later, but I have some people to shout out. But we can get to that. Yeah, me too. People who who mentioned the pod. Oh, yeah, I have a shout out. That's a little. Anyway, sorry, Hannah. What were you saying? (laughs) Oh no. Um I d- I liked it. And <laughs> I'm surprised Seb actually picked a weird movie. This is exactly the same kind of movie I've been picking. It's a bunch of guys no. in a room. No. It's so many guys in a room. Oh. But it's it's like <laughs> It's not that many guys in a room. It's a couple of guys in a room at a like, time. Okay. The it's the guys in a room, the style of the room and the t- it's so different, like from most movies I've seen, and also especially different from like The Firm or whatever, because <laughs> The Firm was so boring and this was so fun, <laughs> and you should have picked it for your conspiracy movie. Not really, conspiracy. Well, conspiracy. I should intro the movie. I think. It's about to say some spoilers. I, um, <laughs> I picked a movie called Death Trap from 1982, directed by Sidney Lumet, based on a Wait, play what by are you Ivan doing? Levin. We haven't even introed the podcast. This is. You're right. People see the name <laughs> on the little Spotify. Wait, Adam, don't you get the edit idea. in an intro, though? <laughs> no. This is Is It Whack? This is a podcast where we talk about movies and discuss whether or not they're whack. I mean, specifically. Hannah has never listened to it. What? <laughs> I have listened to it. 
And whack Obviously. means a lot of things. You know, we're not here to talk about whether a movie is good or bad. We're here to talk about whether it's whack. And you'll hear, as you listen to the episode, yeah, what I, whack I, means I to us. To it means a lot intro. of things. It means a lot of things. If so, you're listening um, in the... Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's Is It Whack? And now, please, we can roll out what the movie is. Seb, continue. Also, if you're listening in the future and we seem especially awkward today, oh, yeah. because this is one of the quarantine episodes, which is probably still happening whenever you're listening, but uh, we can't see each Tomorrow. other. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I, know I, I forgot to mention we're in the midst of a... We're in the midst of a mini-series where we're talking about movies that are all set in one location because we are all in one location right now. Our lives are set in one location, or at least they should be. And uh, so we're trying to figure out how we can live in one location, and we're turning to the movies to tell us how. Okay, now you can roll out what the movie is. Sorry, <laughs> have to do that. <laughs> oh, wait, can I just do a quick shout-out? To yes. all the kids listening 50 years from now who found this in a time capsule and they need to do a project on what it was like to live during the pandemic. Hi. You're welcome, kids. <laughs> yeah. Hi. What's up? <laughs> That's, that, that came back 50 years. Future. Everyone's doing what's up again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> right? All right? I'm sure they're still saying uh, at that. Point, okay. <laughs> at this point, people are saying, okay, Zoomer. Uh, this uh, summary has been going on for so long that I've become a Zoomer. <laughs> we, what? We're already Zoomers. What? No, we're... Yeah. Aren't we? We're Discorders. We're not using Zoom. Throw it back. Oh, was that the thing? Uh, what? I only hear Hannah some of the time. And I'm yeah, not even being... Yeah, you're getting real choppy in and out. So if yeah. I don't really? hear what you're saying, it's it's I, I apologize. Oh, wait, okay, let me... I have a microphone. Let me see if it'll be better. Beep, you. One sec. Keep all of this in. Yeah, this is the best part of the show. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Is anything different? Wait, one second. Oh, your audio is different now. It is? Yeah, did yeah. you plug it in yet? It does sound different. I, I did plug it in. Is it better? Uh, it sounds like you're coming out of, a, out of, of a tin can now. Oh. Okay, what about now? Like a, I think... like a, like a tin can that's been, that's, been, that's been housing some peas. <laughs> I think it sounds like, you know, when you're talking <laughs> on a headphone microphone and people hold the microphone really close to their mouth, that's what you sound like. Oh, okay. I moved it further away. Is it better? <laughs> yeah. Now it's better. I think so. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm recording this also on my phone, so whatever. <laughs> also, maybe I have a naturally choppy voice, so thank you. Yeah, Hannah always says, oh, is. Death Trap is a movie from 1982, directed by Sidney Lumet, based on a play by Ira Levitt. It stars Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeves played Superman. It's kind of a weird, twisty 
movie that's hard to discuss without spoiling, but the general premise is that Michael Caine is a screenwriter who is struggling. Oh, did we lose Adam? Oh, he's back. Adam just came back. (laughs) Adam, could you confirm you're here? Oh, yeah, it's being so weird. Okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. What did you say? (laughs) It's a twisty movie, it stars Christopher Reeves, uh, Superman. It starts Superman, so he's flying high in the sky. Well, just generally, Michael Caine is a uh, playwright who's struggling to come up with an idea for his next play. His last play just bombed. Um, And he uh, receives a play in the mail from one of his writing students, played by Christopher Reeve, and uh, invites him to a cabin to discuss it. But he also uh, talks to his wife, Myra, about maybe killing student and taking his play and it's unclear if he is joking or not and that is kind of the start of the movie yeah i think it's really good and worth watching but if it is you should like definitely watch it before you listen to this (laughs) yeah everybody pause the episode now if you haven't uh seen it yet go watch the movie and then come back it's just because it's so worth all like the twists and shit like you don't want to hear it from us because we won't it'll be better to see yes yeah so um, seb where did you uh see this uh why did you watch this seb i originally watched this uh, a few months ago because um i saw an interview with ryan johnson the director of knives out and he was talking about his favorite whodunits and he said this wasn't uh, really a whodunit but it had the same sort of thing of like constant twists and turns and he said it was a big inspiration and he listed several other movies but that's why i watched it but movie. the the inspiration is so clear mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the parallels between the films is like it's yeah it's really interesting having seen knives out first and then watching this and being like yeah especially that whole wall of weapons yeah yeah and the writer just and like the idea that yeah. of being a master of compi- comprising mysteries so you're also a master of like making them unsolvable right yeah. Oh, yeah i didn't think about that it's so interesting i feel like this totally we... has the spirit of a whodunit it's not a whodunit but it still feels like kind of a whodunit mm-hmm. kind of a who's gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to do something, but when will they do it, and who, and to whom? I feel like that's every movie. <laughs> Someone's going to do something. Yeah, but the thing that the something is the killing. When you Someone's say whodunit, do a you, could say, and thing. you could say all movies are whodunits about killing. No, wait, what? <laughs> all movies are all whodunits. Movies are whodunits all about movies killing, that's true. Wait a second. Are whodunits. All movies are who's going to do it. But most of them yeah. aren't about killing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who's gonna start this truck where he's a chef? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna put a rat under their chef's hat? <laughs> Sorry, I know it's a common chef theme, but whatever. Who's gonna flush this rat down the toilet? <laughs> it was the other Who's rat. Who's gonna... Oh, I can't think of any movies about about toilets <laughs> yeah I was trying to uh, like, who's gonna out. who's gonna who's gonna plumb that toilet uh, super mario bros <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna step on their brother super mario bros Step-brothers? 
<laughs> yeah, I also Surprise. thought that was Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, therein lies the mystery. That's what makes it exciting. Okay. That's the power what of movies. movies and life are all about. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, this episode is actually just about every movie ever. <laughs> yeah, and I think Death Trap kind of is every single movie. That's the thing. Except it's not even a movie at all. It's just a full-on play. It's so it's much exactly a play. Like it's like unapologetically the movie a play. <laughs> As a theater kid, it really fucking excited me. I was like, this is the exact kind of movie I'd want to like act in. There's like jokes about it being a play. Like yeah. in oh, the yeah. script. Like it's like yeah, they didn't I, even I would... change that. And yeah, just I... even the way it's filmed. Like, Sorry, Adam. You can. No, well, I would argue that a little bit. I, I, I think that like a lot of it does feel play-like and I think that it is filmed play-like at a lot of times. It's like it's kind of static and in front of the action and almost feels like we're on a set. But I, I actually kind of think that it uses cinematic language really well in those really scary parts because anytime it does break the play-like veneer and we get these like really intense close-ups or these like really scary bloody things or this music that's like super heightened, uh, it knocks me out of my seat and I think like the fact that it's kind of static and play-like through parts of it uh, heighten those like cinema or like then they use cinematic techniques to really uh, make you feel uh, bam. Well, did I explain that well? <laughs> yeah, no, but I think sure. it's, a, it's a movie and a play about breaking convention, right? It's a movie about surprising you. And so I think that's a good point that it kind of lulls you into a sense of like, this is what the style is going to be. And then when it breaks that, it's really shocking. There are some, we, I don't think we should spoil yet, but there are some really scary things in it. Yeah, I, there's one shot that I loved and it's just, it like, oh shit, I don't even remember if it was Michael Caine or the other guy, but it follows them as they're like describing something and talking about something like, in like they're walking around the room and the camera just like follows their face and I'm just like that's like one of the few times where you don't see what's happening all around them and you're mm-hmm. just like I don't know what's gonna I don't know it freaked me out I'm not describing it well either um no I I guess you say it yeah it's it, I just oh I loved I really liked it, well, it really I also think like me. it it uses the the space really well and you understand the geography of the space and I I guess that works in plays as well but the fact that they can like situate us within just like really small nooks and crannies within the space and build tension from just like being constrained in this little area and then pull back and reveal like how the other characters are looking at someone who's kind of hiding something in the corner uh i don't know like that feels quote-unquote cinematic to me but i don't really Really like i mean not that you can't do that in a play obviously you can't but just uh, they punch I, in these really beautiful waves. I guess, like, I would say, like, that is exactly what, like, theater is. Like, you're, because, especially, like, a lot of plays, smaller ones, too, like, you're constrained to, like, one setting. And, like, it, it, it like, does feel like you're making use of the space in every single possible way that you can. And you're trying to, like, kind of break the fact that you're spending like two hours in one place mm-hmm. so I, I found that like that was the use of the space was like the most theatrical part to me yeah 
or like the setting, the the single setting. Um, yeah, I see that. I see that. I think it did. Like it was so obviously. Like it's like Seb was saying. It's and like everybody was saying. It's so obviously adapted from a play, but I think like they did do like Adam was saying earlier. Do what only film can do really well, where they like which you can't get like in a theater setting as intensely where it's like they'd mostly be in these big wide shots where you see everything and there's so much room around the characters but then they would like hold back when they used close-ups and then when they used close-ups they were like very close up um which is something like you can't get that intimate like with a stage performance because you can't like walk right up to the actor on stage and see like just their face so I thought that was like a really good way to play and like heighten the emotion of the scene was punching in so close on these characters but not doing it so often that it sort of like loses its strength i love no i agree and i i also think uh i mean in general i'm just like a little bit resistant when people like describe a film as like quote-unquote non-cinematic because it just feels like a little restrictive it's like any like just because it's a film that's uh, all set in one place and has some play-like conventions doesn't mean that it's not, like, cinema. And I know that's not what you guys are saying, but I'm just, like, resistant in general to describing any movie that, like, doesn't fall into what people typically think of as a movie as non-cinematic. I guess, like, for me, I think of it as a film that embraces, rather than being about a film that, like, rejects the conventions of cinema I would say it's a film that embraces the um sorry does someone not have headphones in I can hear myself no I have headphones oh maybe okay never mind it's gone um I feel like it's a film that embraces the conventions of plays like I totally think it's cinematic and I think um I like how it walks that line but I just I love when a film does kind of take the risk of allowing like scenes to feel really long and drawn out or to like use a bigger space and to like have the actors really live and move in the space. Um, And kind of, I think it's a risk for a filmmaker to go, I'm going to kind of sacrifice or like risk the sacrifice of like quote realism in order to have this like heightened drama of a play. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love that they did, like, it felt like it really paid off here. Like, sometimes it feels really silly and over the top, even in the performances. Um, but I think it worked really well. I, I will say, though, I love the movie, and I think everything everyone's saying is valid. But I, like, there's a lot of things in the script that I think they're jokes that work much better if you're watching the play Death Trap. Like, they're always talking about the play death trap as like a thing in the story and there's like jokes in it where i feel like the joke is like oh you're watching the play death trap yeah you know and it would just work better in a play like it doesn't really make sense that it's a movie (laughs) you know what i mean i i also think the like morality and the like the like thematic intent of the play translates better through the play than it does through the movie especially with the ending mm-hmm. which we don't have to talk about now but like afterwards because like the way they end the movie like the way they end the film you can't do that in the actual play so I like looked up I was like oh how do they end this play and I think the way the play ends I appreciate a lot more than the way the movie ends because I think the movie does a disservice 
to like the I think it does a disservice to the female characters but specifically to the like psychic character because she is very much just like a weird caricature I love who her has, <laughs> like she's so entertaining and she's really charming but she just doesn't have like any development to her character or any depth she is just like this weird like she's literally a plot device to like incite the drama sure. but then like in the play she gets a little bit more like development I guess I my only like response or like not argument but I would say honestly none of the characters in the film are particularly <laughs> three-dimensional characters that's true like and I think there's definitely something worth criticizing like the portrayal of like it's gay characters um just because I think a lot of movies at that time, like, the only representation of, like, gay men were as, like, sociopaths, um, like, kind of Silence of the Lambs, like, that kind of thing, and people have criticized, like, films from that time for those, um, portrayals, but I would say, like, Michael Caine is maybe the closest we have to, like, a three-dimensional character, and even then, like, I think it definitely lacks. I think everyone's kind of... (laughs) there to serve the plot more than anything yeah but i also it's also interesting you mentioned the ending and i think we should talk in more detail and i don't know what the end of the play is but the ending is actually one of the few things where i was like that completely justifies it being a film because there's a, a single edit that i thought was that so good so good and it yeah, was so strong oh, yeah. as like just talk about it said, now can't well, do wait, it don't, hit, don't beat around the bush just say it just what happens well i think we should go I through the whole it. plot then Oh my god. Should we do act one and act two? Well, Should we do, talk about it like that? Sure. Sure. I, can I say one thing about the characters real quick? I think that's a brilliant idea. But to to, um, to respond to what Nara was saying, and also, yeah, I agree with Hannah. Like, I, I don't think any of these characters are really three-dimensional. I think they all are kind of, like, symbolic more than they're, mm-hmm. like, fully floored people. And I kind of like that. Like, for me, Michael Caine's character is this kind of old guy who only really cares about how he's seen and how his his life and his work is perceived uh and then the young guy symbolizes like you know he's he's the artistry he's about the art and how that matters so much more than whatever uh than public perception i suppose um and i don't think that those characters ever really grow beyond those like uh symbolic formations but i but but that's my point, and someone can say something else now. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I, I also think, like, I feel like, I guess it's, like, I feel like if my point kind of does spoil something, so maybe I, I'll hold back on it. Could we just go through uh, the plot real yeah. quick? And I want yeah. to, yeah, reiterate that um, uh, I think most of us at least recommend that you watch the movie. Um, or even read the play and experience the, the twist that way. Um, but that being said, um, should I do the whole thing? There's so much. Let's go first act and we can break that down. Okay. You know, so, I liked how we did uh, as... last week. You know, I thought it was cool last week how we did the Empire Records episode and we just went character by character and I feel like we got really good conversations about that yeah this film isn't really a character base but i think going going like act by act will help like plot point by plot point well well there's act one and act two because act one ends with the death death 
I think like with Diane Cannon's death. I think we should go twist by twist. Twist by twist? Because okay. it's like our understanding of the movie changes and the characters with each twist, right? And it's yeah. kind yeah. of like the viewing experience changes a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said before, Michael Caine's a struggling writer. He invites this young student who has a great play called Death Trap over. And he makes jokes to his wife, Myra, um, kind of implying that he's going to kill the guy and steal his play. And it's unclear if he's joking or not. Um, And then um, the student arrives, Christopher Reeve, and um, they talk about the play. And Myra kind of tries to steer Michael Caine in the direction of them working together on the play. But you can tell that he's set on killing this guy. And then he kind of does. He pulls a <laughs> chain around his um, neck, and the guy's neck starts bleeding. And then, which was really brutal. That was really horrific. yeah. It's, it's and that really was the upsetting. first part where I thought, you know, go back to what we were talking about. That it benefited from uh, it being from the camera work being kind of restrained and held back and at a distance through a lot of it. Because then when that death happens and it's like so bloody and so in yeah. your face, and they cut to these close-ups that are like. You know, there's more action in the shot, and, uh, both like on screen and the actual camera movement. And they really look like they're struggling. And it, it, it's it's honestly kind of horrifying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then they throw the guy's body in the forest. And that's kind of the first uh, first kind of like version of our understanding of what's happening is yeah, we that's... think that is what's happened. <laughs> but yeah, I can. Um, what were you guys thinking during this section? I love Diane Cannon. I loved her so much. She plays Myra. I loved when she was like just screaming and running around. It was so funny. I loved everything she wore so freaking much. Oh my much. god, it was beautiful. Her pants were so good. Yes. Okay. The all white outfit. I was yeah. like, oh, I need. I wanted to take a screenshot, but I couldn't. Um, <laughs> and then the nightgown that she changes into. I was like, oh my god, like. The fact that they put her in this, like, weird old-fashioned, like, nightgown just is doing everything for me. I loved it. <laughs> it's amazing. She's Sorry, great. I know it's not really about the plot, but I just fucking loved it. She was I great. Her costumes kind of confused me as to what their age was. I mean, maybe it's partly because Michael Caine, I've always just seen him as an 80-year-old. Michael Caine has looked 50 for his entire life. <laughs> he looks old. If you watch like his the shoes. Italian job, he looks really old. <laughs> and that's from like this. But I thought like they both were costumed really well, but they both were costumed to look a bit older than their age. I I thought I don't know if that was just me. Because they're supposed to oh, be like I... early forties. I don't know. No, because he was like okay. At one point, they break down his age, and he was like for yeah mid 40s i think because clifford like mentions his age at one point and was like this is how much longer you're gonna need money for blah 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 blah. oh well sorry i even <laughs> brought mentioned... it up it was it's stupid he mentioned i shouldn't 20 even have mentioned it <laughs> i'm gonna guess he's like 40 or 50 because uh clifford mentioned that he needed at least another 20 years of work they definitely look too old to be 40 i think <laughs> anyway what, you, I'm, I'm derailing us <laughs> sorry costumes um, dope I just I loved her I felt so bad for her the entire movie yeah he's, he's so yeah. terrible 
He's so terrible. I was literally like quit gaslighting this woman. I yeah. know I loved her so much from the get go, and oh, like, yeah, she deserved better. <laughs> I also, um, on Adam's point, like I do think the movie, on a script level, thinks it's a play. But I do think that Sidney Lumet's a really good director. Like, and that's not, like, a weird opinion. Like, he did, like, Network and Dog Day Afternoon and, like, all these, like, classic movies. Um, so, like, I feel like every, like, choice he makes is very intentional. Even, like, the, as you said, the choices to keep it looking like a play at first. And then to, to break that. I love the shot of Michael Caine uh, talking on the phone and the camera spins with him. You guys know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, that's a really good shot. Yeah. And he's, like, walking uh, around yeah. in circles. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's now kind I of know what you're He's about. kind of plotting, and the camera's kind of, like, we're kind of, like, conspiring with him as he, like, kind of makes this plan in his head. You can tell he's lying to the student. Yeah. And... Yeah. All right, should we yeah, go next twist? Oh, can I can wait? Can I just say really briefly? Seb also cheated with this film because it's mostly in one location. Yeah, there's a, there's um, definitely other. There's one part where he one location. where he just drives up to the train station, <laughs> and there's a funeral. But I do think that the single location is, or the mostly single location is like an integral part of the film yeah yeah it definitely makes sense if you're I gonna say like... that empire records is one location then <laughs> no this i is i did a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode where i said i cheated a little i was wondering if i was gonna get called on that actually i did think like, <laughs> yeah. maybe i will because there's I a neighbor's house that... and there's a theater there's a couple of don't... Seb, you're getting a penalty Seb, you're getting a penalty you're getting they don't ever one. go to the neighbor's house they don't go to the neighbor's house there's the theater there's the train station they never go to helga's house no, oh, she just comes no. to their house. No. They go out on their deck and like. Helga's rude AF too. She just opens their doors, <laughs> knocks on their windows, comes uninvited. <laughs> I love her. She is ruthless. She I like this. I like. Okay, but before you kind of get the later twists, there's a cool thing happening here in the first act where it's like, we know that they're both writers. And as soon as uh, the young guy, uh, Superman, realizes what's going on, that uh, Batman's butler might kill him. Um, <laughs> it's like there's like this little moment where the two of them are kind of using their intellect, their writing intellect to kind of like outmatch each other. And it feels like kind of this battle of like thriller writers of like who can better maneuver this thriller situation, this murder they're literally situation. Plotting. Yeah, they're like plotting against each other. It's so cool. I, like, are you talking about? And Nara the, hates like it. The... What? <laughs> I don't hate this movie. I just it's not I... my it's not my favorite because I sorry. Okay, <laughs> before I was like, I could never jive with plays. Like, I could never do live theater. I thought it was just because it was like what? in that setting. I feel like disconnected from like the stage and the actors because it's like. No, I was just, like, too used to film. But then I watched this film that was based off a play, and I feel like I should have liked it. But because it was so much like a play, like, I just couldn't get into it. So I'm just not a play person. Like, it's a good film. Like, object- like objectively, it's a great film. I just, like, am not a play person, so I couldn't get into it. 
Oh my god. That's like <laughs> my favorite thing about the film. <laughs> but also back to the plotting, like when he has him um handcuffed to the chair and he's trying to think of an alibi for himself. Yeah. And because he can tell that the wife is trying to tell him that he's in danger and then he's like oh well i gave a girl my phone number and like yeah so good. i loved you that feel so, so bad much. for him i yeah. know you do can i also um when also this is gonna lead into the are we okay to move on to the next do you want to introduce the next twist of- Wait, we okay. have to introduce how Hel- 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 Yeah, we should explain lady. who Helga Tendorp is. Because she yeah. comes in in between those two moments. Helga Tendorp yeah. needs no introduction. <laughs> Helga Tendorp is a um, psychic who is taking a sabbatical from working to- for the police. She keeps coming into. Uh, she she is, I think, like vacationing or like taking her sabbatical um, next door or like next property over from uh where sydney brule and his wife myra live um so she just keeps popping up kind of a uh, threatening to reveal everything with her psychic abilities so oh, oh hold on one second so 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 she is a she is a, a psychic who has taken some time off so you could say yeah you know she still the esp but she's been low-key <laughs> I actually didn't hear that because you got cut off. Okay, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. <laughs> no. You know she's still the ESP, but she's been low key. Yes. Okay. Or so I should have just not. Like I should have just do you not like that? asked. <laughs> do you like that? Yeah, that's <laughs> no, great. No. Um, it's not even a pun. It's just you... a rhyme. No, it's a you... reference to the Dr. Dre song. Oh. Great. You don't know me still the DRE, but I've been low-key. That's the Dr. Dre song. It was, did anyone else oh get that? No, it's I, one of the I most famous not. songs of all time. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry I have no musical knowledge. <laughs> I'm sorry I literally only know the song Happy Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but don't sing it here because we don't have the rights to that song. <laughs> Isn't it in public domain now? Nope. Is it? It hasn't been. There was suit, there was, was lawsuits. In... But Nara, oh. did you have more to say about how Gatendo? Well, did you actually <laughs> oh, know that it's gonna, exactly one say... month from Hannah's birthday? And when this episode comes out, it'll be exactly one month from my birthday. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but and, like and, you sorry, know. Nara, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, fun fact: film takes place in Long Island, so you could also say she's Long Island medium. But she just got Nara. Right, so that's that's all we have to say about how Gatendorf, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, she also has a great outfit. No, she told she comes in and she basically tells oh yeah uh, Michael Caine's wife that she's like in trouble and that and and there's a man. It's with really the boots. hard. But it's hard to understand what she's saying because her accent is so thick and th- there was no subtitles on the version of the film I was watching. <laughs> there, she warns of a man with boots who's going to cause them harm. Yeah, man with boots. Is she like, she's Ukrainian? That's what, that was she's my guess. German. I thought oh, she German. was like. She was Polish. 
Yeah, I thought she was Eastern no. European. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's like super German. Should I look it up? Yeah. I thought she was like Swedish or something. Helga? <laughs> You're picking so many different countries. <laughs> Adam, yeah, what did so you I'm... say? You, you had a different continent. You I guys, she she's Ukrainian. from the Midsommar cult. <laughs> okay, leave what, one minute, one minute. Ukraine um, is not in a different I know, continent. I know, that's, I know it's the same continent. Okay. <laughs> I was laughing at myself. Oh, I was laughing at myself. Uh-huh. What? Okay. What? <laughs> <For> what? <laughs> <laughs> I made the joke about the Midsommar cult. That was good. I, I like that was... joke. I like that joke. Thank you. Why didn't you laugh? I think I did. Maybe it cut out. <laughs> Adam, splice in a replay. <laughs> you could play You're anything editing. on it cutting out. Okay, right here, we're going to go back. Right here, we're going to go back and we're going to see if I laughed, okay? We're going to play it again. One, two, three. You I guys, said she was she's Ukrainian. from the Midsommar cult. <laughs> Ukraine is not in a different I know, continent. I know, that's, I know it's the same continent. Ha, 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 you are very <laughs> funny, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> you say? She's from Holland. Oh, uh, so we are all wrong. <laughs> It was the closest geographically. No, we don't have you time. All, honestly, all those countries are sort of the same in my head. Yeah, was most... <laughs> I was very sure she was German, though. Yeah, you were like, she's very German. But Holland and Germany are close to each other. Yeah, Netherlands yeah they're pretty close. She could be Germany, part German. Uh, border. Yeah, so I'm practically right. Adam, did you say she could be part German? <laughs> she could be part German. You don't know. Anyone can be part and I, German. And I think I'm you're part right. German. I'm not part German. See, Nara's part German. That proves my point. <laughs> Anyone. Okay, where Anyone were we you in the story? Could be part German. Should I do the next twist? Is anything yeah, else in, in, uh, in uh, Twist 1? Because this movie's oh, about I to get twisty. Talk about Twist 2, and then I have a point that leads sort of between the two. Twist 2 oh. is wild, okay. and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but in, in, twi- in Twist 2, uh, Myra, uh, Sydney's wife, Michael Caine's wife, she's uh, very, she's, like, guilt-ridden about her, like, participating in the murder, and she's really, like, upset about it. And she's kind of walking around the house and in a very suspenseful way, <laughs> and it's lit all dark and stuff. And, um... Sydney's like, everything's fine. So it'll be fine. She's like, I heard a noise. And he goes downstairs with her and there's nothing there. And he's like, see, no noise. Um, and you think somebody's going to... Something's like at the window? Nara, Nara, you have your hand up. I, for doing we something. haven't established this, but I think it might be important for Twist 2. Also, why Myra got so spooked. She has... Um, it is established early on in the oh, movie yes. that she has intense anxiety issues. Like the most intense anxiety issues ever and has she not been and taking she has her mild pills heart attacks or something? yeah michael kane is always like take your pills take your pills and she like has had multiple heart attacks yeah right that is, and, yeah that's very yeah. important actually <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> um no problem but yeah, she thinks there's someone at the window. There's no one at the window. They go back upstairs, and then Christopher Reeve 
jumps through the window and he's in like this horrific like makeup um where he's like covered in mud and blood and it's so sudden and so scary and then he beats up michael kane with like a log and then (laughs) he chases (laughs) and it looks like he beats him to death and then he chases myra down the stairs and she's running away from him and she has a heart attack and dies and then michael kane walks downstairs unharmed and it's revealed that it was all a plot to kill her and get her inheritance and that he and Christopher Reeve are lovers. And Christopher Mike Reeve looks drop. like a man. Like, he looks like Finn Wolfhart if he became a man. <laughs> Can I do my I impression? I just think he's of- very funny. He, he looks like he's wearing a wig the whole time. Like, he's like <laughs> wearing a Finn Wolfhart wig, but he's a man. I think he's true. really good in this movie. I've never seen him in anything else besides the Superman movies, but. In those movies, he's obviously, like, so gentle and, like, uh, upstanding, obviously. But in this, the way he smiles and stuff, it just looks, like, off and weird. And it, I thought it was yeah. really cool to see him like that. Like, And it, and it's yeah, one of the... I thought, I thought he was great. really good as well. And, and it's one of those performances where it's, like, the performance itself has multiple layers of performativity, which is just really fun for a performer and fun to, like, mm-hmm. peel back once you uh, know those layers because it's, like... You see the way he's acting as a writer who thought he got this opportunity from a respected author, but he's putting on a performance within the movie itself, and it's revealed that he that's a performance, and, and then it's like he's then revealed to also be doing a performance upon Michael Caine. So it's just like mm-hmm. all these different layers of performativity layered on top of each other, which is really cool. And I do think like he's so good at all the different performances that you do by... You buy everyone. This is a, a spoiler. This is for the next twist, but I think you do buy Michael Caine's assumption that he's like a sociopath because he's so yeah. like okay with just like shifting his entire personality. Oh yeah, and like the he kills this poor woman and he just bounces back so easily. Like I know Michael Caine does too, but you are already like in the know that he's like a messed up dude. Mm-hmm. This guy like. It's at first I was like very confused by him, and I kind of liked him. And then I, as the film goes, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, you really like him at first. Yeah, and he's like yeah. this naive. I feel writer. guilty. Yeah. No, but even right after he kills him. her, I was like, oh, he's probably being like manipulated by Michael Caine. Are you guys getting what and Adam's I was like, saying? I can only hear. I'm hearing most of what Adam's saying. What did he say? What did I say? Now I'm losing everyone. Oh, oh no. Seb. Seb, hold on. Seb. Don't let go. Don't let go, Seb. <laughs> Worst episode ever. <laughs> Fun case here, and we just don't know how to do technology. <laughs> Can I do my impression of... Um, what I, how I acted when I saw Christopher Reeves in the window. <laughs> this is what yeah. I sounded like. This is my impression of me. I was like, ah! <laughs> Great. You're just laughing? <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say, Seth? You're, you're laughing or you're laughing in anticipation of how funny your impression is going to be? <laughs> oh, no, he screamed. I did I it. I did my impression. What was it? 
Okay, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again for you, Seb. I I can't hear what he's saying half the time. Seb, Seb, I'll do it again for you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, even though I know I'm not, with, like, me... It sounds like I'm pretending not to hear Adam, and Adam and I are planning something Death Trap style. (laughs) Yeah, but instead of it taking place all in one room, it takes place all on our screens, like searching. Adam's gonna show up in my window. In your in your browser version. Hey, d- real question here. Do you think searching would count as a one-location film? I it's did one think location. It's a computer. Yeah. If I yeah, did searching, you could argue you, that. who would be mad? But there's mad? too much time spent outside. It's also not whack at all. What? Great film, though. I thought it's it was totally whack. whack. Searching? I loved it. I love yeah, searching. Yeah, in a great way. But whack doesn't mean good. I guess the... No, no, bad. but it is whack. Because of the... I, the twist got me. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And it's such a it's such a cool conceit, and they pull it off. Yeah, so is that whack if it's a good concept and they do it really well? It's also whack how ageless and gorgeous John Cho is. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, please write in. That's the whole point of the show is we have a different definitions of whack. I, I use whack as a good, like if you pull, yeah, but if you do something that's weird and ambitious and different and you pull it off really well, yeah, that's a great whack. And that's all the way. I love that. Definitely whack. Definitely love it. Sure. Do it then. Okay, maybe I will. Nara, Jesus, are you still here? Guys. Yeah, I'm still I wasn't here. lying when I said <laughs> worst <laughs> episode ever. I'm just chilling. Wait, can I say something about um, Clifford Christopher Reeve coming back Fine. from the dead? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Okay. Sorry. One, I think Superman I was still lives. surprised when he when he came back. I was just less surprised because I knew how much movie was left, and I was like, he can't be top build and only be in the movie for like ten <laughs> minutes because like part like when he came for dinner, we me and my I was watching with my dad. We had to pause the movie because my dad wanted to get snacks. So it kind of ruined the twist. I kind of ruined it for myself. But also, so I was like less surprised than I think I would have, like, should have been when he came back. I was still surprised because it is a jarring moment when he, like, breaks in through the window and there's, like, lightning or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't even know if there's lightning. Um, but he comes in. But <laughs> that's like also. There would be lightning. <laughs> I feel like there should be lightning. Maybe I'm mixing up the ending with the movie Honestly, with this part of the can movie. Can I just say the use of lightning in the film? Theatrics. Continue. Yeah. Yes. I see this. Lighting. <laughs> Lights in general. Yeah. It is good. The yeah. lighting is like really interesting. But um, also, I thought it was really interesting how there's the part like right before when he's like killed or like pretend killed, and you like see him like, um, you see Michael Caine like choking him with the, um, chain, and then blood spurts out. Um, and the blood like when I think back to it was not that believable but because of the shock of the moment you're like in it and because the way the film is built up you're like there to believe it but then you see christopher reeve come back and he has this like bright red paint on his face and you're like how could anybody believe that that's blood or whatever because it's like so bright red and like but i think that's just like a good 
sort of touch about like what people like about the idea of like theater and theatrics and them them as writers creating the story being like it doesn't need to be like completely believable it just needs to be believable enough that people won't question it right like it just has to be all these little details that don't have to be 100% perfect but they have to be good enough that together they make a believable story well also like the idea that like if you do have suspense risen in the right way it's there's the willing suspension of like disbelief so like if mm-hmm. people are like tied in to see like what's going to happen next and there's like twists and turns then they're just they're more willing to kind of like give up their idea of like what is realistic or quote believable also when yeah. you see mm-hmm. the fake blood it's the first time that you see like any gore in the movie and it does look mm-hmm. weird and i was i was kind of just like oh old movie like things look don't look so good in this old movie but then it's part of the story that it's fake yeah mm-hmm. also and then you if you're the wife do look like good. and you wouldn't be like hey wait a minute mm-hmm. yeah if you're if you're the woman with intense anxiety issues who has been building this up in her head all day yeah you i think it. that's believable mm-hmm. yeah especially if you I... think you're about to die I shrieked when they kissed. I did not expect that angle because I was like, this movie's old. And I was what like, was, well. What was the impression of you? How did you, how did you sound like? I was like, ah! <laughs> Literally. That's how Hannah <laughs> reacts to, to gay people. No, not your just out of, whoa, that's a twist. So what I, Twist. <laughs> Plot has been twisted <laughs> again. <laughs> I just was like, yeah. Hannah standing up in the like, theater at the end of the Sixth Sense. <laughs> the plot has been twisted. <laughs> uh, Who twisted the usual this one? Suspects. His the whatever. <laughs> Guys, help me fix the plot. It's twisted. <laughs> Put it back together. Put it back together. Does anyone Untwist have some this. pliers so I can fix this twisted <laughs> plot? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just feel like movies, like, from that time, like, if, up until really recently, like, they would have insinuated that they were gay, but, like, not mm-hmm. actually, like, showed it. Or yeah. been yeah. like, oh, maybe. Just even thinking about Talented Mr. Ripley, which came out after this, which, it's like really like i feel like it's considered like a queer film but like at the same time like his queerness is like very like hinted at and never actually confirmed so i was just surprised do you think that superman was actually into the relationship this is just this is what i was thinking the more it went on i was like or is that just a ploy i buy um batman's butler's read that he's a sociopath and that all of it was manipulation I buy that. Right. Yeah. I but I could also buy that um Christopher Reeves character Clifford Superman. At first Clifford Stir. Yes. Su- <laughs> Christopher Reeves Clifford Superman. I feel like his character maybe <laughs> at first was not necessarily into the idea of a relationship like with this person or like any type of romantic relationship but i think also like that you get the idea that he has like a like difficult 
past as like a young person Mm -hmm. um that he was like into the idea of somebody with respect respecting him back and giving him validation in some way um but then i think at a certain point he got past that he like got his fill he got his like little meter recharge and then was like okay i'm good and he could probably (laughs) he was just sorry hannah oh no just he like does say like he what he wanted was a shortcut to success yeah Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. i think think that like like i don't know i feel like the film kind of does like portray him in like a stereo not super stereotypical way but like i assume that the film was implying that he actually was gay but maybe i misread that but i also think that if like if um Oh, what's the guys? If Michael Caine's character had been a woman, I think he would have also have like tried to do the exact same thing. Yeah, I thought I don't mm-hmm. know. he was gay, but the relationship was not genuine. Was my feeling. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like I, I assumed that they were both queer, but I just don't. I just don't think that Superman was actually into being with this guy. I think it was kind of just like an upward social mobility thing. It's like, oh, I can, I can latch on to someone who's more successful and then uh, propel me to the skies because I'm Superman. Plus, like, he likes the danger. Like, he even asked him, he's like, well, like, if you could have had a shortcut without, like, this, like, added element, like, of, like, the murder and the risk or whatever, would you have, he's like, I still would have picked the murder and the risk or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, should we should we talk about um the play that uh Superman Clifford Christopher Reeve is writing? Oh yeah, this is yeah, kind of the so third this play. I... Yeah. Sorry, I I have to let my okay. cat out. Can I just oh. one second? Of course. You can keep talking, sorry. So I love this. So Christopher Reeves, super Christopher Man Reeves, <laughs> is uh trying to write a play that's basically about what happened. Wait, one second. Uh, he's trying to write a play about this whole situation, which is very weird. But here's what I love, because the whole first act—I kind of alluded to this before—the sim, the 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 pure symbolicness of each of the characters. That you know, is this old guy who just cares about money and public reaction, and this young guy who just cares about like the artistry or whatever. And then it's the same kind of dynamic that plays out. It's like. Uh, uh, Batman's butler is really worried about this play that understandably should not go on stage because it's going to, uh, I mean, not only out him, which he's very concerned about, but also uh, tell of their murder plot, which is probably just a bad thing to put on stage. But uh, Superman is so insistent that this is going to be such a good play, and that's the only thing that he's freaking focused on. It's great. It plays the same dynamic, but in a totally different and interesting way. What what I kind of picked up, though, from him was, like, it was less so that he was like, oh, this is just going to be such a work of art, and it was more like, oh, this is going to give me notoriety. And Mm. whether or not there is, like, good or bad um, kind of... Uh, image of him associated with that notoriety he like didn't care like he was like I found it was more like he's gonna use the success of Michael Caine as well as like the attention that'll be brought to the story through like the murder stuff and 
that will give him a name. I think if those things weren't attached to it, I don't think he'd be as attached to the actual play. But the play is... Yeah, um, I can see that. I think it's it's pretty well established that the play is pretty good. Oh, no, but I, I mean, guess that play isn't even play. real. It's yeah. good. Yeah, no. the play. No, 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 but like, like the play that he's writing, I think, he, I think it would be a hit in the world of the movie, and we know it would be a hit in the world of the movie because of the ending. And and he and he says to Michael Caine, uh, Batman's Butler, he he says like, we wrote such a great a great story. Uh, this would be great to like go on uh, stage or whatever. And he also says at one point, uh, I don't remember what the line is, but he says something about how like the public will forgive whatever; they don't really care about what you did as long as you make something that's really good. And uh, that's unfortunately If I'm true. interrupting people or not fully engaging what with what you're saying, it's because I'm only getting half of what everyone's saying. I might even leave the call and come did back you, in. Did you hear what um, I just said? You he- Some of it. What did you think? I'm going to come back in. What I heard was good. <laughs> <laughs> And sorry, my cat is in my room again, and he's, like, bored. So if you hear a cat whining, he's just bored. (laughs) I heard, like, a meow, and I was like, I don't have a cat. No, he's sitting in a cardboard (laughs) box right now, and he's just pissed. What do you think of this episode? Best best one ever? Yeah. Best episode ever. You know what would make it it even better? If I started eating some cheese and crackers on the mic. Peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> way yet, way yet, way, way yet, way yet. <laughs> Sorry, this bite's taking longer than I thought. Let me get another bite in here. Mmm. <laughs> I sneezed. Bless you. Wait, Adam, what film are you choosing? Um, no spoilers. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll decide by the end of the episode. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, Seb, you back? Chip, what I'm back. Do it. You should have heard the stuff we were talking about while you were gone. Was it me? Yeah. You're ugly. Yeah, buff, buff oh, Seb wow. might need to make a return. <laughs> Ongoing saga of Buff Seb. By the end of core, I'm going to be buff, buff Seb for real. What's Buff Seb? Did I miss this? I swear you were that there. That was when Seb broke through the wall. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he was so buff. I was there. You provoked buff Seb, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> I honestly can't keep track of all my great disses. So. <laughs> but buff Seb can't hurt us when he can't, because he can't leave his house. Oh, yeah, because you're in quarantine. <laughs> buff Seb is, is working out on his prison bed like Robert De Niro on Cape Fear. He's going to be so buff. <laughs> I've only seen the original Cape Fear. I don't understand that Like reference. Robert Mitchum yeah. and Cape Fear. Oh, sick, I sick, sick, sick. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was making a really good point about how um, Superman says that no one cares about what the public <laughs> thinks. Or the public doesn't care about what you think as long as you make good art, which is unfortunately true yep. in the real world. Yeah. Would Sydney be anyone care? Any anyone anyone care? Anyone care to respond? 
Well, Sub just asked if Sydney would be cancelled. Would, would either of them be cancelled for murdering? Yeah. I don't I know. I feel like there would at least be some hashtags defending them. Free. Definitely. I mean... Well, I don't think so because in that, like, given current... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was your social... impression of when uh, like Christopher people... Reeves came back. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of got scared by cancel culture. <laughs> I'm scared with my cat. Sorry. I feel like what would happen by is people, they would be canceled. They'd be canceled, and then they'd be like, "Guess what? P- portion of proceeds are going to some charitable cause." And then people would be like, "Okay, they're uncanceled." I'm thinking about how Christopher Walken has managed to have a year dis- or a career. Sorry, despite the fact that he definitely knows what happened to Natalie Wood. I'ma say it. Like, what? especially if the movie... We do yeah. not have time. <laughs> Christopher We're not Walken even, we definitely just started knows the what happened act. to Natalie Wood. Christopher Anyways. Walken was on the boat when Natalie Wood drowned, and people think that her husband, oh. Robert Wagner, pushed her into the water. Because he, he like, probably did something. It's uh, a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of references it with, with the Brad Pitt character. But we do not have time. Yeah, we don't. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, I think there's a chance that he wouldn't necessarily be canceled. But I don't know how theater folks are. <laughs> <laughs> In the theater world, think... murder is fine. I don't know. They're a bit more like we were turtlenecks, like writing, <laughs> I guess. I assume. Anyways, sorry. Should we talk about the the last little bit, last twenty minutes? Uh, yeah. Um. So. Yeah. No. Alright. Go ahead. I just wanted to say we left out a kind of important part, which is um the reason why Sydney becomes suspicious of Clifford is because his okay, sorry is because of his lawyer, Mister Porter, who comes to visit. Hannah, we can still hear you. Hi. <laughs> she can't hear it. Sorry. We can hear. We can still hear you really clearly when you're yelling at your cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Nara. Uh, I was a little distracted by the cat. Oh, I was. I was just saying that. Uh, it. The reason. What. So basically. Um. Butler, Batman's butler, would have uh, been in ignorant bliss probably for quite a while oh, as yes. to this other uh, play that is being written by Superman if it was not for um, Batman Butler's lawyer, um, Mr. Porter, coming to oh, Yeah, visit. I forgot about the lawyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, walk us through the lawyer and what he what he does. I did not rewatch this oh. movie. <laughs> the lawyer lawyer comes in. Uh, Clifford goes out to get groceries or something. Um, then the lawyer's like, "Hey, that guy! That guy just locked locked some papers in his oh, desk right. in a sly manner." Um, and then man was like, uh, "Butler is like, <laughs> you know what? He's working on a play." And then <laughs> Mr. Porter's like, "Okay, sure. This is the inheritance you're getting. This is like how much everything's worth." And uh. This is at this point they're walking outside and you see the bucolic house in the background with a windmill on it. Oh, um, beautiful and then, house. 
And nice and says, not my beautiful house. What does bucolic mean? It means beautiful and like picturesque. In a country okay. way, doesn't it? This is not in, my bucolic in like house. A, in like a quaint way. In like a quaint, <laughs> like nature kind of way. This is not my um, bucolic way. um but then um butler flips up the page we don't this is all in a wide shot they're walking towards the camera and then he makes a face at the page which could either be read as good or bad but we don't know um and then lawyer leaves don't we find out that the papers are death trap like Christopher Reeve's no. version of Death Oh, Trap. I was talking. I was talking about the statement that uh, the statement that Porter gave him. So the lawyer basically about how much money. How much the is left oh no! I th- and then I think that's supposed to be a lot. I think we're supposed to read that as a lot, aren't we? Yeah. Well, we also find out later it is a lot. Right. Yeah, but it also but, plays. But, but um. Well, it's kind of a double a double expectations flip because when you see that the first time, I think you expect that it's a lot. But then he says to. To Superman, he's like, "Oh, she didn't really leave behind anything." Right. And then it's like, "Oh, she." He was just saying he's that lying. as a as a yeah. That was a yeah. lie. Yeah, but then uh, but then yeah, and then after, man leaves, and then we get a little nice little uh scene of him trying to break into the desk, which is kind of comedic and entertaining. And then there's a <laughs> and then he comes back and then there's a nice little plot where they're like running through doorways, like it's it's very like, um, like early like silent comedy-esque little part or like scooby-doo yeah it's very scooby-doo actually yeah also just in if anyone's confused the character's name is sydney the actor's name is michael kane and we're calling him batman's butler because he played batman's butler but we're always talking about the same person <laughs> christopher same with-, with uh clifford christopher reeve and superman all the same person <laughs> And also, the director's name is also Sydney. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the director of the movie is named Sydney. But also, not the Superman from Batman versus Superman or no, the no, Butler no. from that. Which I don't know if there no, is no, one. No. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's Jeremy. Irons. I think there was a Butler in. Yeah, yeah, it was Jeremy Irons. Um, but Michael Caine okay. is the Batman's Butler. He's probably the definitive Batman's Butler. You mean Alfred? Yeah. <laughs> Who has a name? <laughs> oh my god, now there's four different names. <laughs> We're going to come all the way around to calling him Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, because there... his name was Sydney, I did and because the director's name is Sydney, I kept thinking it was some kind of meta commentary about yeah, himself. But but I think it was I don't know enough play, about the play also. Something. Yeah, yeah, no, I assume This is his way of telling everyone that he killed his wife. Well, it it could have been at... (laughs) Let me look at his filmography. I just, like, I'm curious if he was at a point where he was, like, considered washed up or something. Well, this is in the 80s. Didn't, like, Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico... Yeah, a lot of his movies came out in the 70s. 70s. Oh, yeah, I forgot. 12 Angry Men. Wasn't that, like, the 60s? Yeah. So I don't know if he was, like, washed up at this point, but... Definitely, like, less popular. Definitely late, later well, in also, his career. Well, also, like, this movie wasn't a hit, was it? I don't really know. I Yeah, I have Like, no I've literally never heard I of it. I never heard of it before Ryan Johnson mentioned it. Yeah, but I, I think you can definitely read it as, like, oh, he's a little bit past his prime, like, career-wise. 
and like he might yeah. be drawn to this story for that reason. It's meta. M E T A. This is the impression meta. of what I. Well, this is the impression of what I sounded like when I thought maybe there was a link between the two. Ah! <laughs> Should we skip to the talking about the exciting part? Should we fast track through all the boring stuff where they're just having a conversation about whether or not they should be partners in writing it? Excuse me, boring to you. I don't. Why are we explaining the entire plot? This is such a weird use of the podcast. <laughs> it's just hard to there's talk so about because there's so much going on. But, I just want it to be clear so- to listeners. I know, but we don't do that for almost any other of our movies. We did in the last episode. Maybe we episode, should. I kind of like listen it. To. I wasn't there in the last <laughs> episode. You could have listened to it. I it was a really good one. Yet. Uh... There's some okay, of what that, happens uh, at the end of the movie? Is it whack brand Hannah and Seb fighting? <laughs> We're back. Basically, Anyone who you're is missing welcome. <laughs> final little bit. Final little jog of the movie. Um, <laughs> this is so when we're really Clifford, jogging. Clifford and Sydney decide to write the thing together um, because uh, Clifford admits his weaknesses as, or I don't know when this happens, but at some point Clifford admits his weaknesses as a writer because he's like, I'm good at dialogue, but I can't really write plot, so I need you to help me write the plot. Um, so then Mans, uh, Sydney writes Act Two, but later it's kind of revealed where they're excuse me alfred yeah sorry alfred but then um (laughs) later on you sort of see um alfred having some like it's revealed that alfred doesn't (laughs) want to like write this this play he doesn't want to put this play into production there's too many like worries that he has about it so he's plotting to uh to to kill to dispose of clifford for reals this time just to be um, clear are we talking about mans or supermans <laughs> wait mans why did we start talking about mans uh, mans alfred batman's butler sydney and michael kane are the same ex- not <laughs> counting the director who's also named sydney no i will say mans for the and other person man. whose name i can't think of um, but basically, at the end, the two the two dudes, the two main dudes, Superman and Alfred, have a showdown <laughs> where it um... the showdown we all were waiting for, Superman, Superman and Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, God. no more Superman versus Batman. Superman versus Alfred. Dawn um, of Justice. Basically, if you were disappointed by Superman versus Batman, watch Death Trap because it's just Superman <laughs> versus <laughs> Alfred. Um. But they have a showdown where both of them are revealing sort of their plots from the beginning, um, where they are like, um, Alfred gets Superman to act out this his like conclusion to death trap the play to see if it'll work, um, and us as the audience think through this process, it's like, oh, he's stage fighting this in a way where he's gonna like kill mm-hmm. this guy. Which is later revealed that is what he was doing. Um, but he was... Except it's revealed that he was doing, like, a much more, like, um, complicated <laughs> method. He's just not just like, oh, no, accident with stage fighting. I had stabbed you when I thought it was a prop knife. No, he's like, this... We're gonna do these specific things so it looks like I was injured. And then I grabbed one of my <laughs> weapons in self-defense. Foolproof alibi. You see how smart these people are. Yeah. You see how 
um, scary crime writers, whodunit writers are. <laughs> but then, um, at some point, Clifford reveals that from the beginning, this also sort of like goes into his like sociopathic like personality, was that he didn't really want like he didn't really need um alfred to write it like write the story he just needed alfred to help him create a plot in real time because the thing that they keep repeating throughout the thing is like keep it as close to reality as possible sort of thing Mm. like that's how they write their stories um that's how they write their plots is like keep it as close to reality as possible so that way it's believable so that way it's like tight i like that So that's what he's doing I like that idea because it's, like, then the only way to write, like, a thriller is to get people who behave like thriller characters and who are, like, evil (laughs) and, like, hang out with them. (laughs) Yep. It reminds me of that time Nathan, for you, didn't have a story to be on a talk show, so he, like, made all the events happen so that he would have it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. That's exactly what happened at the end of this movie, though. This guy was like, I have, I'm good at writing dialogue, but I can't write stories for shit. Let me just act out a real whodunit. Well, yeah, and Michael Caine was also kind of doing that. Yeah. Michael Caine also kind of done it. Who done it? <laughs> they done it. They both done it. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's the You guys like this last part? Final showdown. Uh, you guys like I'm, Alfred yeah. versus uh, Superman? I agree with Nara Alfred that I'm, I'm definitely less into when they're arguing about, like, who's going to write the play and stuff. But once he starts, like, staging the the murder itself, it goes back to real tense. It's so good. Very good. Yeah. And yeah. also... Th- no, no, please, Hannah. Oh, no, just uh, returning to the use of lighting there. Ugh, like, so sick. I freaking loved that that was like so cool i love how like the thunderstorm like at first was like fitting yeah but then it just intensifies as the plot that's theatrics baby that's the theater (laughs) batman v superman return to the use of lighting uh batman v superman the musical play Batman v Superman no had some had some lightning in it. Batman v Superman, turn off the dark. <laughs> Anyone get that one? Batman That's such a nerdy joke. Oh my god. V Superman. He's hey, referencing the Spider Man oh, musical. Alfred. You guys remember the Spider Man musical? He's referencing the Spider Man musical. Um, I'll, talking about the ending, it reminded me of something that I liked throughout the movie, where the film will kind of like call its shot and say like, "Oh, this is the stuff that's gonna happen." Because mm-hmm. it's like it's just outlining what happened in, in the play or whatever, and then you'll see it happen. But it's still pretty awesome. And it'll get it's like Michael Jordan way. being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this shot right there and win the game." <laughs> and then you're like, oh, "Okay, well, that's a cool idea." But and then like, you it, do it, and it's like, it would, "Oh yeah, that was awesome." <laughs> it would be as if like Michael Jordan shot it, and it like I went off basketball. someone's head and then went in. <laughs> you know, like there's exactly. like some weird thing that happens. <laughs> thanks for taking that metaphor oh, and making it great also we have to remind people that um our friend from uh holland comes back <laughs> knocks on the window like the rude queen she is <laughs> to borrow some candles because the power's out oh yeah 
this wait, is wait, before. Wait, 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 wait. Can I just say one thing real quick? Because if I don't say it now, it won't make any sense ever again. Fine. <laughs> thank, thank you, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> Seb, when you when you hopped onto that metaphor and made it great, that was like Alfred and Superman coming together and making <laughs> Death Trap together. <laughs> It's like because I had the I had the plot, but you had the dialogue. Oh my god! All right, okay. I, I <laughs> please, also, Anna. I also want to say it was I'm worth literally it. mad you interrupted me. For that. <laughs> well, Hannah took credit for that, but Nara wrote in the Google chat, like just as text, so no one would hear it. Um, someone mentioned Helga Tendorf. <laughs> oh, I didn't read the text. Nara I'm doing sorry. a heroic That's all right. Job We're just on the same brainwave. <laughs> That was like and Nara, just have one arch Nara and Hannah were coming together there, kind of like Alfred and Superman. <laughs> yeah, but then I swooped in like Helga being rude and crossing <laughs> yeah. through the Hell door. Yeah. And then you came in like Helga being rude and knocked on the window <laughs> and interrupted me. What a clear metaphor we've just painted. <laughs> well, if you've seen the movie. Even so. <laughs> Batman and Superman coming together. <laughs> and then being interrupted by... Helga Tendorf, <laughs> who was then interrupted by another Helga Tendorf. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> so, she just comes in and basically tells um, Alfred that he's going to be, like, murdered by his... The man in the boots. Man in the boots. And, man in the, and then he thinks that he's, like, outsmarted the future, which this queen can see. So, um, Seb said someone mentioned <laughs> Superman. Superman is wearing the boots. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Not yeah. That's a that's a thing. And they the continually telegraph. Superman like, doesn't just oh, have boots. The guy's gonna have boots. <laughs> and like from the beginning, like she like tells him, and you know what? I think this she knew how things were gonna play out the whole time totally and so she just came in to like push the plot along but she was just ready for her to take the ending should we discuss the ending that's wait wait uh sorry yeah nara please oh i just want to say helga gets a really great line where she sees his boots and just yells boots (laughs) (laughs) it's a really great okay so then returning to their fight (laughs) with the crazy lighting then the power goes out you assume that superman is dead yeah but it's but completely lives. pitch black. And then rising from the shadows like a golden goddess, <laughs> Helga is wear- holding the candles that they gave her earlier. And she, um, yeah, I can't remember what she says. I am a golden goddess. <laughs> and then she jumps into the pool, a la almost famous. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, full circle. <laughs> Um, no, but she, like, tries to kill or threatens to kill Alfred. Um, hmm? well, oh, yeah, but- she's got a gun or something, right? She gets she gets one of the guns, but then she drops it in the dark because, um, un- unknown to Alfred... Um, Christopher Reeve, Clifford Superman, <laughs> is still kind of alive, even though he got shot in the back with a crossbow. Did we ever explain cause... the wall of weapons? I mentioned yeah, it uh, offhand at the start that it's kind of like uh, Knives Out. There's this great wall of weapons, which are all props from uh, also Alfred's Houdini plays. handcuffs. Oh yeah, yeah and the handcuffs, handcuffs. Oh, that's a great that's a great bit at the end. 
But anyway, oh my God. um, Alfred goes all like Chewbacca <laughs> on it and gets the gets the crossbow. What? Wow. Oh, I. Oh <laughs> We're my just pulling God. out all wow. the. How elaborate can we make this? <laughs> um, and then he he shoots Clifford, but so everything's Clifford's dead. But then in the dark, as the lightning's flashing, Helga is holding the gun. Nobody knows where anybody else is. The geography that's been established throughout the entire film is gone. Helga goes full dirty um, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so she gets, her ankle gets grabbed by the uh, newly, Oh, that was such a sick shot. Newly alive, dead Clifford. And then they're all scrambling in the dark. Can I just say, we're literally just, this is the audiobook novelization of the movie of the play. Completely incomprehensible. Also. <laughs> <laughs> I just we're not even debating its whackness we're just saying everything that happens and then forgetting big parts and having to go backwards that's the kind of movie this is i love it this is a great episode i love this movie so debate its whackness you don't you you like it we all like it except for nara i think it's totally a whack movie i was gonna give it a high rating so i just spoil myself wow Everything's coming up. Okay, but basically it ends. Seb, do you want to talk about the reason, like the great edit, which is why it makes sense that it was made into a movie and not just kept as a play? Yes. I have no idea if this will translate in our description. But in the end, uh, Clifford and Sydney are fighting. Batman and Alfred are fighting. And it looks like they're about to kill each other. And then it cuts to actors who are clearly playing them killing each other on stage and then both dying and then you know the camera pulls out and we see that it's a play and the play was written by Helga Tendorp and she has written the blockbuster Death Trap based Hell, on yeah all the betrayals that I don't know if she would know about <laughs> but I guess and she well, she's was psychic oh yeah she's psychic and I guess the play yeah, was like mostly written good... except for the part that she witnessed directly Mm-hmm. Or maybe she was never a psychic for the police and she was always a playwright trying to... And she just followed them there hmm. because she can see the future. Right, that doesn't make Who any knows? sense. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, I just love that she wore her pink baseball cap to the premiere of her play. Yes, her outfit. Yeah, she's very cute. She actually has a really great, fun look at the play. Like, her opening yeah. night look is very fun. And she, she had, really like, cool. a man with her. Like, who's this man? I want to know that, more about your life. Mr. That was the producer. Oh. Wasn't it the producer from the beginning? Oh, yeah. I think oh, you might be maybe. right. Oh. He's Mr. Tendorp now? Nice. <laughs> maybe. But can I say what why I like the ending of the of the play better than the movie ending? Yes, yes. I don't know what the play ending is. Please tell us. So the So the play ending, what happens is Basically, we see um, right before the final scene of the play, this is not, I don't know if this is exactly, this is what I saw from like the Wikipedia synopsis, because I was curious, but not that curious to read the entire play. Um, (laughs) But basically, it is confirmed like on stage that um, Sydney and Clifford kill each other, um, and then they die, and then... Um, Helga and Porter, who is the lawyer, come and discover their bodies. And Helga recounts how the killing happened because of her psychic ability. She, like, picks up what happened. And then the two of them have a conversation about how it would make a great play. But then they circle back to that argument about whether it is morally correct or not to adapt these deaths into a play. 
Like, in the play, they're oh. debating that? Yeah, in the play, they then debate the play Death Trap again. Right. That's funny. Which I, like I, that. which I think is, like, a more... I don't know. I just think there's more to glean from that ending than there is from the ending <laughs> of the movie where it's, like, somebody's gonna sell the story. It may not just be who you expect. I mean, I think... Yeah, I think that would work a lot better in pl- a play Definitely. than a film. Like, I think... I yeah. think it would kill that um, pace. That's... But, like, that does sound like waiting for Godot with lots of murder. It's just like, <laughs> let's ask this question. Is Godot coming? But wow. the movie and, is, and is she playing Wonder the, Woman? The... Come on. The un- yes, <laughs> nice. Gal. Gal Gadot, on, Gal Gadot, that's funny. Gal Gadot, I liked it. But It's actually some... pronounced Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right, uh, waiting for Godot. You're right. Yeah. The, uh, there's something cool that I really like about the film ending that... <laughs> Uh, it pulling out and her being the author of this play, the quote-unquote author, I don't know, it is this interesting question of, like, all art kind of does come from just what we observe around us. Uh, And, like, it's just this filtered version of the truth that we've observed in life. And I think that's kind of interesting. Like, everything I've ever made is just, like, me observing my life and the people around me and then twisting that into some form of fiction. And I guess, you know, I don't know, maybe she stole someone else's story, but I don't know. It, it makes me think about that in a really interesting way. Yeah. I think the difference, I think both the play and the film kind of come to that conclusion. I just think the main difference between the film and the play is the play questions or it more clearly questions like is it like what can you exploit for your own story what is it okay to use in your own story and appropriate whereas the film is just like damn we really just make content based off of real life the film right. almost removes ethics from the thing entirely like the yeah. characters being evil is just another way for us to like try and guess what they're gonna do like it's not and really also, like, like explored in the film, they never ask if it's, like, unethical for him to, like, exploit his wife's murder. It's just a matter of, like, will that lead to him getting caught? Well, the the movie, yeah. like, takes it as a given that the characters are evil, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can make the decision for yourself. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the movie would need to actively question, like, is it immoral to adapt someone's murder story like we as an audience know you know you know where you stand on that it's like i wouldn't want to do that but uh i think the movie poses these questions without having to openly stand there like the ending of the play does and like actually ask them but it's also complicated by the fact that the characters are committing the murders right yeah Yeah. like it's that's true i don't know it's not like it's like a capote situation where he's like I'm gonna like in cold blood or whatever where he kind of does like like he gets too intimate with the story post hand but like this is like they're actually yeah involved in it maybe the like question of or like the like big thematic statement of the like pieces aren't like we just turn what we observe into a story it's more so are the stories just inherently there waiting for them to be brought out by somebody's like actions what came first life or art exactly life. yeah i think it was life well no but 
It's like life imitates art. Art imitates yeah, yeah, life. I know, I know. It's that idea. I know. I know. Also, I who's to messing. say? Who's to say the sky is in art? And we did. And who's to say? Yeah, that's true. I mean, art is everything around us. Like yes. However, this world was created. Like that was art. Yeah. To quote James Franco. Yeah. <laughs> you are art. Where are you Damn. going? Oh, I guess I'm not recording myself because I left. My- <laughs> 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 oh no! Sorry. I just went to close my window. <laughs> Which I probably shouldn't have had open anyways. To work. <laughs> I'm cancelled. <laughs> you're cancelled in that your part of the episode is not audible. <laughs> no, I'm cancelled in that um, our non-existent network is going to cancel the show because of me. <laughs> Spotify is going to kick us off. Yeah, Spotify allows anything on, but not us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like we did anything wrong. It's just they just don't like the content. Yeah, they'll like, keep just R. Kelly's music, show. but us. <laughs> nah. The music is good. This is a bad show. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. That's people. we're going back to it. You know, it's like people don't care about what pe- what artists actually do if they like the art. People, it's it's that's fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, people don't care that the four of us. And Funky are the best people ever and give millions of dollars to charity every yeah. day. They still don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, we're the best people. And our, that's that means a our crime. Art is good. That's the true crime. But the thing is, <laughs> this podcast really is a true crime podcast because every episode <laughs> is a crime. Because <laughs> it's a true crime how underrated we are. <laughs> Truly, we are a crime against <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Should we talk so about stupid. our scores of this now? <laughs> Sorry. Should we score this now, or do we have more to say about the film? I don't remember. Good film. Would recommend. I don't remember the film. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, this this episode's really scrambled my brain. Uh, good ep, good ep. Would rate this ep episode uh, five. No, black you're rating the out movie. Of five, and I mean that in a good way. Movie would recommend. Would give a uh, four on the wax scale. Could you do? Could we have the music, please? No, because wait, you have to give no, your scores. Too. <laughs> I need other scores first. I and the reason why it. is because I think that it really <laughs> effectively works in this one location. And we're talking about one location films, and it uses it really well. And it's kind of wacky. Hey, kind of wacky. And here's my impression of when I finished the movie. Ah! Four! <laughs> Hannah? <laughs> And I, too, would give it a four on the wax scale. I'd give this episode a zero because it's the worst one ever. <laughs> um, the movie is a four whack. When I finished it, I was like, ooh, I, I want to text up about this, but his phone is broken and he'll say, save it for the podcast. So I just sat there in excited anticipation for an hour until we started recording. Wow. So, yeah. I was also asleep. Oh, huh. Boo. 
We all know where somebody's priorities are. I have such a nightmare. <laughs> Did you just mime drinking? <laughs> no, I'm just, um, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> Hannah mimed a nightmare. You know, my power went out last night. Oh my oh god, no. just like Death Trap. Lightning? What? <gasps> no, I don't know what put it out. Death Trap. Death Trap. <laughs> there was strong winds. There was very strong oh, winds. guys. Sorry, another Helga, whack thing Helga about Thunder. Death Trap is that it predicted... The, um, so the... The... Um, the typewriter was the brand was smith and corona and she's like smith and corona <laughs> i said corolla but and I, I meant corona and then i was like whoa they knew it <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut they, up knew it. they knew it and they knew about the smith virus too just coming out of <laughs> they knew that coronavirus would make us all sad and we'd start listening to the smiths Fuck. oh god so smart Seb is doing a thumbs up. You can't see me, but I'm doing a big thumbs up. Thanks, Adam. Nara? Oh, I'm writing it? Um... Don't be afraid to go against the grain. I'm trying to think of what a fair score is. I think I might go with my good old 3.5. Because I think it's it's pretty whack. Um, But... I think it could like it could have been more like I wanted them to sort of make it more extreme. Like I can see mm-hmm. it being a whack play, but as a film, I wanted it to be like more surreal. Like I wanted them to play with lighting more because there was like some parts where there's like the cool like the um the like cool like lighting from the like greenhouse in the back and it was like all pink behind them like i want them to do more mood lighting like i wanted them to bring some of the realism out of it and as the film goes along besides just like doing like it was still got like more surreal with like the lightning storm and like the way the camera moved but i want them to get like super surreal with it like the more the like story and the character relationships broke down i wanted like the world they were in to break down mm-hmm. like i wanted it to get more chaotic i wanted them to play more with lighting cues i wanted them to like have like more jarring like edits and really bring you into that idea that it's like we're like no no longer watching a play which is like the more grounded version of the story and we are heightening the experience to a more like filmic language i do think i love the movie but i do think that we are setting the ceiling too low on whackness and i no i'm also giving it a 3.5 and I think I disagree. I'm pitching this now to the listeners, Adam. Don't cut this out. Next series, whack down. I'm not. We throw down our wackest yeah, movies. Yeah, whack down, smack down. We throw down our wack. Okay, you're really pitching it to down. the listeners. It was literally my idea. And you wanted to do a listener vote. You just came. You wanted up to do a listener vote, but I'm saying we no, throw said... in our wackest movies. I already like, that we think of all time. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll talk about it off mic. <laughs> Back down. Anyways, if you if you're no. the one person listening, right in. Say no. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that I don't think we're setting the bar too low for whackness. I think this film is incredibly whack, and it like messes with a bunch of like kind of conventions and. Yeah, I love it. I, I yeah, I disagree. 
think and it's I whack agree in a more subdued Hannah. way. There's really whack movies out there. I think yeah, it's you whack. thought the I just don't fern think it... was whack, Seb, so I'll punch you in your screen. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I suggested this movie. I definitely think it's whack. But I think, I think if we give this a four, then it's like, there's only one level above this? No way. I think I... It, in my brain, I rate the whackness, um, or at least I have for like the last couple films, on the like whack potential of the film. That's how I started like looking at it, where it's like, how whack could they make this film go and have it still work with its like core concept? I think they could have made this film more whack than it is, and it would have still worked and would have still been watchable without it being completely like, just like surrealist. So I think there is room for whack growth. I don't know. I guess I just I really think that the fact that it like they adapted it from a play and like really really kept so much of like the feeling of a play like down to the performances and like details like i think that that is whack like it's a good whack it's definitely like whack and i think it's i can understand why someone would like see the film and like not love it if it that thing like kind of stuff bothers them but i like it i'm not talking i'm not that's not me like <laughs> no, you, Nara. no it's, no I i'm, I'm not i wasn't i was like, thinking of a yeah. hypothetical person like who maybe <laughs> like saw it at the time and like no, no i'm that's, serious that's why hypothetical, person, hypothetical person uh, no one in specific uh, i'm no literally being serious thank you <laughs> can we fire off the whack meter yep yeah um, the, the whack score of this, this film is 3.75. I don't know where that falls in the wackometer because I don't have I don't have all the rest of the documents with me. Nora the wackometer is the currently docs. in quarantine, so we can't. <laughs> Has anyone checked, checked up on the wackometer? How are they doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Wait, um, there's, okay? there's another thing we have to do. Um, well, oh yeah, and the shoutouts. But first... What can we take from this movie that will help us being in one location? <laughs> Don't kill, kill people. No, oh, not kill. we have separate thoughts. <laughs> if a, here's my gleaning of knowledge. If a psychic comes to you and tells you that this bad thing is going to happen in the future, don't think that you can out, like, outrun the future. Outrun the future. Don't be... Don't be, don't be like, don't do what these dudes in the, don't do what uh, Alfred did. Don't be like, oh no, uh, she is just predicting the future slightly wrong. I'm going to make these subtle changes to, ch- to outrun destiny. Yeah. You're not that smart. Also, flip um, off the future. <laughs> also, if like a hot young protege comes to you and is like, I'm gonna help you murder someone. And then we'll just be happy together, and nothing will be crazy. Hit him with They're the lying. Kryptonite. Yeah, don't don't trust. Yeah, throw that crip the on there. <laughs> okay, shout out segment. This is where we shout out the people who have told us they've listened to the podcast. <laughs> I have no one. You got no one this week. I have a few. No one any week. <laughs> I have one. I got who? Uh, my friend Azra, Azra listen. Hell yeah, Azra. Azra, Azra liked it. Azra wants hey, us Azra, to do a, thanks. Azra wants us to do a Pride and Prejudice episode, but I don't think Pride and Prejudice from 2005 is that whack. But no, Seb loves that. It's great, though. I wouldn't say I'm it's whack I'm glad to talk about way. that movie anytime. I will talk about that movie at all. Like, anytime. 
I know I said we should talk about this off mic, but I had an idea real quick. <laughs> what if it was like we asked the Instagram, what is the wackest movie? And people write their things, right? And then we can also throw in our our suggestions. And then we can still do the bracket. We have the whack down smackdown. Where, uh, and I just want we, the uh, ability to bring the two together. Throw down can I just say that that was my idea? Yes, it was Hannah's idea. It was Hannah's concept I, in I'm, the Slack. I'm saying that we throw ours in there as well. We throw our suggestions in there as well. But I don't want to... I cannot, like... I cannot find it. Like, I don't know what the wackest movie that I know is. Like, I, I don't want to have to... Then you to... can abstain from throwing one in. No, but I just think that if, we can't, if we've defined what the wackest movie of all time is, then what the what is the point of this podcast? <laughs> I think it's more about talking about the fact that wackness as a concept is fluid. We shouldn't be trying to define it, especially because our definition of whack changes so easily. So how, I just hate the idea of determining the wackest movie ever. I just wanted to... Sorry, I'm talking to Willa. Do you want to say hi? Yeah. The podcast. <laughs> this podcast is going to be crazy. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Willa. Hi. Sorry. No, just I just really d- think it'd be fun to like engage listeners, but I also don't want to like actually define what the wackest movie ever is. At least not at this point. Just let me do Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Every idea, <laughs> every idea I have is just to try and get me to do Triple X Return of Xander Cage. So then, why don't we just pick a movie that we could just do like kind of like a free um, Whackdown Smackdown, like a wild card, like. Whackdown, we could just do a wild card series <laughs> again, Smackdown. especially because we're in quarantine. Because right I was thinking <laughs> how I would love to do Heather's, but I couldn't think of a theme that would let me do it. Maybe oh, uh, Whackdown, Smackdown. Whackdown, Smackdown. I want to do Christian Slater theme because he's just <laughs> no, in so many uh, wild films. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think we can make <laughs> we it. Could do we Heather's. can find a way for it to for all of us to enjoy it. <laughs> Off air. Okay. Yeah. This is well, a I got a shout out. Hashtag Whackdown, Smackdown. Hashtag Wackdown Smackdown. I gotta get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I want to shout out Genesis. He said that he really liked our Breakfast Club episode. Thank and you. also, Cody Pope Genesis. listened to our Empire Records lo- episode Whoa. and loved it and said that she wanted to be on the show. Wow, celeb. Yeah. Yeah, so we might get a celeb on the show. I have a celeb too. My cousin Max. Thanks for listening, cousin yeah. Max. Cousin Max, uh-huh. you're also a celeb. If you want to be on the show, just let us know. Just real quick, real quick, my friend and coworker Tamara uh, listened to God of Cookery, and so did my friend and coworker oh, Ellie. Yes. And yes. my friends Nick and Maya said that they should probably watch it, but didn't say they were going to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just out of guilt. I meant listen to it. This is not a show. Also, not to not to brag, but one time I went on a hinge date, and. In anticipation, my hinge date had listened to the podcast. Wow. Oh, no. my God. Which Wait, episode? so you link your podcast on your hinge? No, I did not. Also, for our longtime listener out there, yes, Sub is on hinge. Find him. That's right. She listened this is to, just a plug in to Baby for... Driver. Oh, nice. Well, you sound pretty smart. I'm not in that one. I, that I one. did feel like, oh. You could have listened to one where I sounded smarter. Yeah, that's when not the one. That's the early one. That's one of the first ones we recorded. When I go, 
when I go back and listen to this show, I always think, wow, I'm not very smart sounding compared That's to how true. I think I s- No, that wasn't. Uh, thank you. But I wasn't <laughs> self-deprecating in like a way. It was just like a, oh, that sounded better in my head. We literally talked about this on one of the episodes. We talked about this on the Daisies okay. episode. That's what led to the conversation okay. where Buff Seb comes in. <laughs> Okay, I guess I have a complex. I'm not over it yet. Hannah doesn't listen to the podcast. She doesn't know what she says on here. I do listen to the podcast. I only listen to the episodes where I've seen the movies, though. What? <laughs> You're on most of them. But that's what I'm saying. I've listened no, you to talk most about episodes. This. Oh, 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 I see. Nara? Yes, Nara? Um, I, I just remember class. two more shout-outs. A uh, shout-out to my dad, who's listened to some episodes. Hell yeah. Um, Oh what, yeah, I think my episode... parents have. Um, and shout yeah. out to my dad's friend Vance, who uh, Vance Schritter, who who also listened to some episodes. Vance Schritter, Vance Refrigeration. What? what? <laughs> Never mind. So stupid. It is stupid. Those those are my shout outs that I can think of right now. I'm sorry if I missed anybody who's listened. Oh. I don't know if my friend Josh Price has listened, but he listened to the clip that we posted on Instagram about Ratatouille Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You listen to one minute and then you can get on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, okay. Oh, Gabby listened too. Gabby, if you're listening, hi, Gabby. Hell yeah. Hi, Gabby. (laughs) The shout out segment? So long. So chaotic. And also really sad. We're like it's getting, it's getting longer. It's getting longer. That's good. I guess. Yeah, this, this shout out to the longest. It should take a long time to list all of our listeners. We Basically, should keep yeah, I'm a this... running list and add every time someone mentions it, and then read the entire list every episode <laughs> so people can see how much popular are we are getting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want this segment to be like 20 minutes long. Our goal is to have a shout-out segment longer than the actual conversation of the film. <laughs> I haven't looked at our stats in a while. I'm going to look. Oh, my God. Do not announce don't, them on air. Don't look, at, don't look at it right now. I'm just looking real should we? Should we? Should we? Should no, we uh, wrap we're wrapping this up. This up. We're wrapping this up before Seb. Can, yeah, before you can say something. Oh, okay. No, there are a lot. Okay. It's an exponential dump. That's actually, like, way more than it was before. <laughs> wow. Okay. Should we let's well, end this episode don't say with the pause, <laughs> like the movie ends? Oh, it actually ends with only men walking out of the theater. Okay, Seb and Adam, get out okay, of here. Okay, here's wait, here's a stand. Here's a stat that doesn't make us sound sad, and I'll be selective oh about which part I say. But our most listened to episode is Empire Records, which means we're growing. Good. That's Ooh, good. Yeah, that's that really one. good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, Buff Hannah can maybe make an appearance. We'll re-edit it so Buff Hannah comes into Empire Records. There's Buff Hannah? No, but we'll... Yes, we'll yes, there is. You are mentioned it, consistently it. and constantly throughout the episode. Yeah, we mentioned... Please listen to it. So you, should, so you should listen to it. We mentioned you the whole episode. <laughs> it's off. dedicated to you. Leave. Uh, oh. Okay, next week we're going to talk about... Um, I don't know. I'm still deciding. Maybe searching. Oh my you god! You guys said that why, counts. Why right? even say it? <laughs> Funny. This is a two-hour episode. Maybe wow. 127 oh hours, or maybe the village. Episode Those are the three ever, I'm thinking between. Worst one. This episode is Best 127 episode hours. Oh. <laughs>
Hey, yo. What do you, of those three, which one would you guys want to watch the most? What were the three? The Village, which is really good. 127 Hours, which I remember liking a lot, but it's been a long time. Mm. And Searching, which is really good. But you've already all seen that recently. The Village. I, the Village. I've never, yeah, seen, never it. seen it. Okay. What is Sorry, Nari, the Sorry, outvoted. That's okay. It's actually better if you know the twist. Well, not necessarily, but like, don't think of it like a twist movie because that's going to set up the wrong expectations. It's not really a twist movie. Right. All right. So I can yeah. do that. Can okay, do we'll the do The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Really good film. Hope you guys all like it as well. And if you don't, that's okay. We'll talk about it next week. Sweet. All right, all right. I'm going to stop my recording. Okay, wait, let's applause. Bye. We have to end on the Bye. applause. Thanks for listening to another episode of Is It Whack? Like you just heard, next week we're going to talk about The Village, which, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And I uh, hope you are too. You should watch it and then listen to us talk about it because that's what we do on the podcast. Thank you to Emma Kudlack for the art, Ian Mills for the music, and uh, go to at Insomniac Fest or insomniacfestival.com to learn more about us. Thank you. See you next week. Or talk to you next week. Or you hear us talk. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>